illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heinrich Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heinrich Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my host, brother, the Beach. Beach, I was just thinking, maybe we should get Twin Pines Vineyards to uh, sponsor the show. Could we still use music then? Well, if we just have a sponsor, would, yeah, why not? Well, I mean, because right now we use the music because we're not making profit on it, right? Yeah, but it, we just, we lose, I don't care. Just go with it. Just say, yeah. <laughs> sure, Billy, sounds great. Yeah, let's just crap all over everything. I was thinking we could come up with a stupid ass commercial for you. That'd be good. Put it in there, yeah. All all five people will know that I have an Airbnb. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. The, the market value on that. We're, we're like, uh, what, what do they call that? Monet, monetizing. We're monetizing the podcast. There you go. But we're not putting up a paywall, right? Is that <laughs> those? That's that's the that's how it's all set, right? Exactly. Exactly. We're, we're monetizing the podcast, but we're not putting up a paywall. You're welcome, people. You're welcome. <laughs> the purpose of illegal participation is for us to express our inside experiences and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others and just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and have some fun along the way. I want to remind everyone you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device on whatever your favorite podcatcher is, be it Stitcher, iTunes, Apple, or any others. If you want to get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Facebook, Twitter and also Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook and Beach. Billy, we have uh, some listener feedback have, today. I love listener feedback. We got not we, as much as I love men's volleyball, but pretty darn close. Yeah, we, what we, do got, we got we got a Facebook message from Dano. Oh, what's Dano got to say? Well, he said uh, he was listening to the last podcast, and this is what he sent: All current and former bartenders slash Woodstock's employees 
which could be 20% of the audience, but I digress. We're thinking the exact same thing when Beach talks about the sexy costumes at Suds on Halloween. No, no, I thought you already awesome. talked this one. We already went through this one last week. Did we? Didn't we? Yes. No, I think we talked about it. Did we? Oh, yes, we did. Oh, I don't remember that. You suck. I mean, okay. I suck a lot, but you're sucking worse tonight. Oh, possibly. Well, yeah. then we do have some other uh, feedback, Beach, because you were asking me questions about where our listenership comes from and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Put up like a little little chart how yeah. far we go. So last podcast we had, last I looked, which would have been yesterday. So it would have been Saturday. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, there had been 456 downloads of the podcast. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> okay. And so 60% of those people came, uh-huh. through, came through iTunes. Okay. 8% came through Apple Podcasts. Okay. Which those they just started separating those things out. Okay. And then here's all the other ones that got used. You ready? Yep. CFN Network. Okay. Podbean. Okay. Chrome. Okay. Stitcher. Okay. Beyond Pod. Okay. Pocket Cast. All right. Watch iOS. Uh-huh. And Stage Fright. So, like, all the people that are using that, we kind of just made a shout-out to all those guys if they're the only ones using those exactly, apps. Exactly, exactly, because some of those were left. And uh, our farthest download last week was in Malaysia. Really? We had one in Malaysia. Okay. Sometimes we have one in Australia, but we didn't. That not, there wasn't one last week. And then here's all the states. What do you think the number one state? I would assume Oregon is our number one state. You are incorrect. Washington? Incorrect. California. Correct. Okay. California's number one. Number two. Okay. Oregon. Number three. Washington. Incorrect. Idaho. Incorrect. Uh, Texas. Incorrect. You know, we got 50 states here to work with, and I don't know if we're counting <laughs> so, Guam and so this, Puerto Rico, no, too. No, no, so. no. This, this is from the top. Ready? California. Oregon. Okay. Uh-huh. Michigan. Washington, Colorado, Texas, Uh Illinois, Ohio, Maryland. Maryland. I don't know who the hell in Maryland's listening to us unless Ginger was home. Unless she was home and (laughs) downloaded it from Maryland or something. And Minnesota. And we know who's listening to Minnesota. We we do know who's listening to Minnesota. Maryland. And I don't think Ginger was home listening from Maryland. So, yeah. You know, th- this is like people who are staying at my Airbnb. So, like, I, I put up a, a map where you can pin where people, oh, yeah. you know, where people are from. Oh, yeah. And so I hung it in the Airbnbs. One of my things is so when you stay now, you can pin where you're from, right? But I've had, like, I don't know, 10 or 15 people stay, so I got to pin everything. Uh-huh. So there was, like, four in Washington, like, three or four in Oregon. And then I had San Francisco. I had Ann Arbor, Michigan. I had Florida, Pennsylvania, Texas. Really? Yeah. That's cool. So is it say up there to pin where you're from? Yeah, I put up a little thing that says please grab a pin and put in your hometown. Oh, that's cool. So, that's yeah, cool. but it's 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 kind of crazy when you think here my little my little vineyard in the middle of nowhere and, you know, I've I've had several states visit, yeah. which is awesome. So Yeah, yeah that's awesome. So anyway, yeah, so like I said maybe we should maybe we should do something like that on on our end, but our, I guess our audience changes continuously if they're traveling. So Yeah, it's just, just interesting. Still pretty awesome. So, 
right. Okay. Anyways, you were just you were just asking about that. So no, appreciate that. I'm sure our audience appreciates the shout out. We love you all. Thank you for listening. <laughs> all right, Beach. Next up is uh, maybe, this, maybe this is why my life has purpose. Could maybe be. Maybe this is it. Yeah, could, could be. be. All right, all Beach. Right. Um, it's time to get us some Beaver Sports. Okay. Haley Bennett was on fire early for the Oregon State volleyball, helping the bees take the first set. Wow, that's interesting. But ultimately, number 24 Washington State was too much, stealing the match in four sets. Then on, then on Sunday, Beach, the Beast took on Washington and Haley Bennett converted kills early and often for the Oregon State volleyball team. But it wasn't enough to overcome number 14 Washington Sunday afternoon at Gill. Amy Underdown came off the bench to contribute 10 kills in the four-set match. The Bees will remain home next week to host the Arizona schools to complete the host portion of the 2019 season. Friday, OSU hosts Arizona State for senior night with first serve scheduled for 7 p.m. at Gill Coliseum. Oregon State hosts Arizona on Sunday. Oh, is there... Yeah, I kind of figured that might happen. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, so uh, be it, volleyball is in a, f- a few matches left in the season, so we'll see how it ends up. On to women's soccer, senior Paula Leblick. I love I love women's soccer, Billy. Yeah, senior oh Paula Leblick. I love it. I love it even more now. Okay, senior, senior right. Paula Leblick found the back of the net in the 87th minute of play to push Oregon State past Oregon for a Civil War victory on senior night at Lorenz Field. It was a beautiful freaking kick. Yeah, now Oregon State found a bit of luck in the 87th minute of the play as Oregon was called for a handball inches outside the penalty box on the right side. Leblick lined up to take the free kick with her left foot, and the shot found the far right post to ricochet into the back of the net for the game-winning goal and her second goal of the season. What what amazed me is when that ball went off of her foot, I, I think she was celebrating before it even got in. She could tell she nailed it. Well, and it, it was it was perfect height, perfect everything, and it just hit the back corner of that of that forward post and kicked back. Like I said, I showed you that 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 video off Twitter, and I just yeah, I thought it yeah. was amazing. Yeah, like yeah. I said, I don't know soccer that well. I'm not a big fan of soccer. That said, it was an impressive damn kick. So, and then what did she do after after she scored? Well, she ran out there. She was pulling up her shirt to show a shirt below it that read uh-huh. "Blessed to be a Beave." Awesome. Which is cool because they were playing the Ducks. Now, um, head coach Matt Kagan said, quote, I finished the night by telling the team when I look at what an NCAA team tournament team should look like, it was what was standing in front of me. We have no bad losses. We have top 50 results. We play in the best conference in America. I feel like this group deserves to play again. So now, Beach, the uh, Beavs await the potential of a postseason appearance, and that show is tomorrow at a 1.30 p.m., which is Monday, and since we have the ability to travel through time. Uh, that's so cool. I, 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 too bad we just don't have the DeLorean with it. Yeah. The 2019 NCAA women's soccer field was announced Monday afternoon, and unfortunately, Oregon State women's soccer team was denied a tournament berth. Nine Pac-12 teams were invited, but with an RPI of 52, OSU was not selected with 11-6-2 record. Although they did tie Utah who was 8-8-4 eight, eight, and four on the season and had an RPI of 51 and was invited. Hmm. So, dang oh, it, sucks. that sucks that they didn't make it in. I can't believe they didn't make it in. <laughs> Damn it. Freaking, it's, it's, it, freaking the thing NCAA. is rigged. I agree. It's freaking rigged. I agree. Screw those guys. Bastards. 
All right, Beach, now but, on to men's soccer. But, but 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 all cops are not bastards. That's true. <laughs> this is true. All right, Beach, so. on to men's soccer. The Oregon State men's soccer team controlled the majority of the match on Thursday night at Lorenz Field and came out with a 0-0 draw against number five Stanford. We tied. It was tied. But they were playing number five Stanford, so that's kind of a win. Yeah. Four rocks and a ball, Billy. Four rocks and a ball. And then, Beach, the Beavs played again on Sunday, and Raheem Taylor Parks lifted the Oregon State men's soccer team to a 1-0 win over California Sunday afternoon as he scored his first Beaver goal seven minutes into the first extra time period to end the match. With the win, the Beavs moved to 8-5-2 on the season, 5-2-2 in Pac-12 play. Oregon State has not lost a conference home match since November of 2017. Oregon State will close out the regular season Friday when Washington visits Lorenz Field. But that was great. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. And so now we'll know what happens uh, next week with the Beavs. Okay. All right, Beach, time to move into some wrestling. Hey, hey, we, we got to clarify my little all, all, all cops are not bastards comment just so oh. people think them. So so for, for those of you guys who aren't in the Corvallis area, which evidently is quite a few of you, um, there was a controversy at the uh, Corvallis uh, school board. Well, uh, with a Corvallis school board member. Member, yeah. So there is a member, and, and this member actually was uh, elected only for the fact that there was no challenger. Did you read that? Yes. Yeah, it wasn't like uh, people said, we want this person on the board. They're like, well, this is the only person who wants to be on the board. So this individual who um, – you know, I was just having this conversation with mom and dad this morning over breakfast. I said, I don't believe in genders. If genders are fluid, then genders don't exist because if there doesn't exist to be any defined gender, then there is no such thing as genders, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So I find it that there's only sexes. There's no such thing as genders. There's only sexes. And as the words my mom used to say, you either got to get in or you got to get over. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so this person is likes to use the pronoun game, uh, but ultimately – she uh, went out on a tweet and said, "Hey kids, just was it was it? I don't want to take it out of con uh, out of out of. I want to try to quote as best I can. I think it said, "Hey kids, just remember all cops are bastards." Yeah, yeah. And then uh, what it also is six times in a row, uh, sex work is a job is what she tweeted. Yep. Did you see that? Yeah, yep. sex work is a Sex work is a job. Sex work is a job. Sex work is a job. So this this classy classy keep it keep it classy San Diego uh, gal um, is uh, directing the school board or helping direct the school board in Corvallis at least uh, right now, but not for much longer because I think he she it decided that uh, they're gonna step down. They, yeah. So probably good things. No, yep. I wasn't saying all cops are bastards. I was just well, and, and 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 what they said was, it was directed at some specific thing that happened in Texas. But the problem is the tweet didn't say that. Yeah, it just and blanket it says say, it just blanket says all cops are bastards. And 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 it was directed. It also said, "Hey kids," I believe is how it was introduced. Exactly. Hey kids. It didn't say Remember, like it wasn't like all kids are bastards. it wasn't it wasn't connected to whatever i don't even know what the hell happened in texas about it but yeah yeah but anyway so just keeping you guys up on on the local news here yeah, there you go. out of corval anyways yeah. uh let's move on to wrestling beach 
How is, how is wrestling doing, Billy? Well, Beach, the Oregon State wrestling team opened up its season in North Carolina for the Mountaineer Invitational on Saturday afternoon. Now, 13 wrestlers were in action as the team took on seven other schools at Appalachian State's annual tournament. Now, the Beavs wrapped up a successful outing to start the 2019-20 campaign and were led at 133 pounds by a first-place showing for redshirt junior Devin Turner. The Beavs ultimately finished the tournament with four wrestlers earning placements in Turner, Brandon Kaler at 125 pounds, Jamarcus Grant at 285, and J.J. Dixon at 197. Now the Beavs are back on the mats next Saturday, November 16th, for their first duel of the season against Simon Fraser in Tacoma, Washington. Maybe maybe they play Vancouver. maybe they play across the border. You know how kind of like um, was it the Kentucky airport's actually in uh, the Louisville Kentucky airport's actually in what state is it in? Isn't that right? Yeah, it's actually in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Is it the Cincinnati or uh, the oh, is it Cincinnati's airport? Is in Kentucky? I think so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The irony. Let's see. Okay. I'm looking up soon. Wrestling schedule. Um. It is Tacoma. This is Tacoma. They actually had a. Uh, a meet at Clackamas Community College. Oh. So this one says Tacoma. Then they also be at the Mike Clock Open in Forest Grove. Really? Yeah. Remember we talk about that every year, the Mike Clock Open? Yes. Yes. Just because the way I need to say it. Mm-hmm. All right, Beach. On to women's basketball. Ooh. Again, always love Rook and the girls. How are they doing? Oregon State standouts Michaela Pivik and Destiny Slocum have, have both been selected to the Naismith Trophy preseason watch list, the Atlanta Tip-Off Club announced Wednesday. Both Pivik and Slocum were also named to the Wooden Award preseason top 30 on Tuesday and were both tabbed among ESPNW's top 25 players in the nation on Monday. Now Thursday brought yet another national watch list for Michaela Pivik and Destiny Slocum as the two were also selected to the Wade watch list the Women's Basketball Coach of America announced. Oh. So they're on all sorts of lists. That's fantastic. The Naismith Trophy, the Wooden Award, the ESPNW's Top 25 Players in the Nation, and the Wade Watch List. Well, I didn't want to... Uh, I didn't want to uh, uh, give too much credit, but I, I heard uh, some some news out of Eugene on their... their uh, girls uh, basketball team yeah their their women's basketball team beat the women's national team uh yesterday afternoon yes so and they're ranked number one and we're ranked what are we ranked again uh six okay so yeah so so yeah that, and which is impressive because a uh, college team has only beat the women's national team twice last time was in like 1997 now when our but the women's national team they're considered are they considered professionals or amateurs? They're professionals. So but they're they, but they but they let pros play in the uh, Olympics now. Okay, so are these WNBA girl guys? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 So they beat them. They beat the national team. That's impressive as hell. Who was playing so, their Who was playing their fourth game? Mm-hmm. In eight days. Wow. In three different states. Wow. But still, it's still it's still impressive. Yeah. So. Okay. Hey, Billy. Um, 
So you're not going to ask me what the Wade Trophy is? Oh, Billy, what's the Wade Trophy? Here, I do all this research because I'm like, Beach is going to ask me what that is. What What is the Wade Trophy? Billy? Well, the the Wade Trophy, which is now in its 43 year, 43rd year, is the oldest National Player of the Year award in college women's basketball. It is named in honor of the late, legendary Delta State University head coach, Lily Margaret Raid, who won three consecutive national championships with the Lady Statesman. It was first awarded in 1978 by the American Alliance for Health, Physical Education, Recreation, and Dance. Now known as, it used to be A-A-H-P-E-R-D. It's now known as SHAPE uh, America. The Wade Trophy has been presented to the uh, Division One National Player of the Year since 2001. Mm. And then, of course, the Naismith Trophy beach is named after James Naismith, who was a Canadian-American phys- physical education educator, physician, Christian chaplain, sports coach, and innovator. And he actually is credited with inventing the game of basketball at age 30 in 1891. He wrote the original basketball rule book and founded the University of Kansas basketball program. Hmm. Then, Beach, on Sunday, uh, Saturday evening in the women's preseason NIT, the senior Michaela Pivik and freshman Taylor Jones both went over 20 points as the number six Oregon State women's basketball team opened the 2019-20 season with an 86-57 to win over UC Irvine Saturday evening at Gill. Pivik narrowly missed a triple-double, going for 25 points, 12 rebounds, and 8 assists. She shot 10 of 13 from the floor. And Jones finished with 20 points, tied for the third highest total by a freshman in their debut in program history. She also wow. notched a double-double, pulling down 10 rebounds. Junior Alea Goodman tallied her first career double-double with 12 points and 10 assists. Redshirt junior Destiny Slocum rounded out four beeves in double figures, scoring 11 points to go with six assists. Now also in the game, freshman Kennedy Brown recorded six points and nine rebounds in her Oregon State debut. Now with that win, Beach, the Beeves advanced to the second round of the women's and uh, NIT and will host Pacific on Monday. And in that game, Michaela Pivik had 18 points and 17 rebounds to help number seven Oregon State beat Pacific 69 to 57 in the second round of the preseason WNIT on Monday. Aaliyah Goodman and Destiny Slocum each added 17 for the Beavs, who committed 23 turnovers in the game. The Beavs will face DePaul in the semifinals on Thursday at Gill Coliseum. Also on Monday, senior Michaela Pivik was named the Pac-12 Player of the Week, while Taylor Jones was tabbed as the Pac-12 Freshman of the Week. We pretty much knew the women were going to win that game, didn't we? Well, I, I kind of figured they were going to dominate. Yep, there you go. So that's great. Awesome. All right, Beach, on to men's basketball. Trace. And, now, and I, I hear a lot of things about Tinkle. What's going on? Trace Tinkle had 25 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists, and Oregon State beat Cal State Northridge 87-67 on Tuesday night in the season opener for both teams. Kyler Kelly added 18 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 blocks for the Beavs. Then, Beach on Sunday, on Sandy, then on Sunday, Beach, Trace Tinkle had 27 points, including a pair of key three-pointers in the final moments, and Oregon State held off a late rally by Iowa State to win 80-74. Now, Tinkle added 11 rebounds for the Beavs and passed A.C. Green to move into sixth place overall in Oregon State's career scoring list. Now, the Beavs wow. will next face Oklahoma at 8 p.m. on Tuesday at the Moda Center in the inaugural Phil Knight Invitational. Wow, he's surpassed A.C. Green. Yep. Who's still above him? You know, I thought you were going to ask me that, and I did it write down, you son of a bitch. Well, I would guess uh, what's his face. Um, 
God dang it. Um, why is my brain? Who was after AC Green? Who was our stellar standout? Are you there? Yeah, I'm looking. Okay. Gary Payton. Well, Gary Payton's going to be up there. Damn it. See, I knew I should look this up yesterday because I'm like, uh-huh. that son of a bitch is going to ask me about this. Yeah. At least you're starting to understand me. It only took you, 20, you know, 40-some years. I'll have to look it up for next week, Beach. Okay. I, I've seen it, but I don't know what it is right off the top of my head. I, I would think Gary Payton is above. Um, I can't remember, but yeah, I think so. Um, probably a Mel Counts. I don't know. I'll have to go look. All right. Okay. And uh, we've got a uh, last little piece of news, Beach. We've got some football news. Okay. Char- Charles Moore a former four-star defensive end from Louisville, Mississippi, has joined the Oregon State University football program, Beaver head coach Jonathan Smith announced last Thursday. Now, Moore will have to sit out the remainder of this season due to NCAA transfer regulations. Now, the six-foot-four, 275-pound Moore was rated the fourth-best product in Mississippi and the sixth-best strong defensive end nationally when he signed his original letter of intent to attend Auburn as part of the Tigers' 2019 class. Now, he left Auburn in September. Why did he uh, leave? Not happy with probably just wasn't, just wasn't happy there, for whatever uh-huh. reason. So well, I wonder what drew him to Oregon State over any other school out there, because I would think any other school would want to grab him. I, I, possibly, I don't know. We're getting a lot of transfers in Beach, so it's Ooh. interesting. This whole transfer portal thing is just—it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out overall. Because you can you can put your name out there, right? You're saying, "Hey, I'm 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 open for offers." Is that what you do? Yeah. You put it out there, then teams can contact you. Okay, so it could have been that Jonathan Smith said, wow, this guy could do something for us. Possibly, yeah. Okay. Hey, Beach. Billy. Did you leave the damn teletype here at my house? I did, I did. I'm sorry. I was in a hurry after the game on uh, on Friday and, and uh, didn't have a chance to throw it back in my truck. Hold on here, hold on. Let me rip it off. All right. What is ready, it? Ready for it? This I am. just in. Eugene-based Bymart Stores announced this last week that it will be closing its pharmacy departments at all of its Portland metro area stores. A press release issued by Bymart's vice president of advertising and marketing, Don Lieber, indicated that a glutted market, tax considerations, and complications with health care plans were some of the factors in this decision. The release stated, quote, This difficult choice reflects today's challenging pharmacy landscape. Factors that led to this decision include growing number of pharmacies in the Portland metro market over the past few years, rising fees on Medicare Part D prescriptions by pharmacy benefit managers, restricted access to health care plans, and the further pressure of the Oregon corporate activity tax that goes into effect on January 1st, 2020, that will put on all pharmacy operations. Now, Beach, in completely unrelated news, University of Oregon Athletic Department will now process all prescriptions through Green Health Eugene Dispensary. Not only will it help control athletic department spending, but they figure it will also put a few street-level dealers out of work. This has been your update from Eugene. Nice. So there you go. We're just going to cut out the middleman, Beach. Well, might as well. I mean, yeah. all it is is markup, markup, markup. Because because so. because we know that's been uh, the weapon of choice down there for quite a while. Yes. Ever since Mr. Uh, we smoked it all already. I was just going to say. <laughs> smell marijuana. Where is it? Yeah, we smoked it all, officer. Okay, go on your way. No longer in possession.
Alrighty, oh. mate. Okay. Alrighty, okay. it is now time to go under further review for week number 11 in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. The Touchdown! Okay. All right, Beach. Yeah, let me get our thing out here. All right. So heading into the week, uh, Kyle, I hate you, Kyle. Kyle was in last place at 37 out of 50. You were at 42 out of 50, and I was at 44 out of 50. And mm-hmm. nobody had a great week. One had a crummy week, and one person had a horrible week. Really? Yeah. Horrible week. All right, Beach. So the first game was on Friday, November 8th. Washington at Oregon State. I don't. Oh, um, we all picked uh, Oregon State on that one. That is correct. How'd we do, Billy? Well, you're at the game, so I hope you know. Washington running back Salvin <laughs> I was, Ahmed. I, I was as drunk as the dude behind us who got arrested. There you go. Washington so. running back Salvin Ahmed ran for a career-high 174 yards, scoring twice, and Washington rebounded from a two-game losing streak with a 19-7 victory over the Beavs on Friday night. Now, the Beavs traveled 10 to nothing at the half, but rallied in the third quarter on Jaden Grant's interception return for a touchdown. Now, for Washington, Hunter Bryant had five catches for 90 yards after catching a pair of touchdowns last weekend in a 33-28 loss to Utah. Now, Husky quarterback Jacob Eason threw for 175 yards, but was also intercepted twice. For the Beavs, Jake Luton threw for just 88 yards, and the Beavs were held to just 119 total yards of offense, with only eight yards coming in the second half, and no second half first downs. Now, I was going to say, Oregon State hasn't defeated a Pac-12 opponent at home since 2016. The Huskies scored first late in the first quarter on Peyton Henry's 47-yard field goal. Now, that made him 16 for 16 on field goal attempts this season, but he would lose that perfect streak before the night was over. Nashawn Wright for the Beavs intercepted Easton's pass in the second quarter, but the Beavs were unable to take advantage of the turnover. Now, Hunter Bryant also had a touchdown called back for the Huskies on a holding call, but the Huskies would eventually score on the drive on Ahmed's six-yard run that gave the Washington a 10-0 lead um, at break. Now, Luton had a pass intercepted by Elijah Molden before the half. It was just the second time Luton has been picked off this year, but Henry missed a 28-yard field goal attempt as time ran out. Henry also missed a 43-yard attempt early in the second quarter, but a penalty against the Bees gave him another attempt from 33 yards out, which he made. Now, the Bees had made things interesting with Grant's 36-yard interception return for a touchdown that closed the gap to 13-7 with 7-0-1 left in the third, but Washington answered with Ahmed's 60-yard touchdown run to extend the margin. You, you know, I just our offensive line looked terrible. Um, we we gave uh, Luton no no time. Yeah, and uh, we didn't even get a first uh, down in the second half, did we? No. And and so, they were they've been leading all year the Pac-12 in the third down conversion category and, at and almost fifty percent. They were they were one of thirteen. Yeah, terrible. And they were one of thirteen on Saturday. Yeah. There's a certain point where, yes, they look terrible, but you also have to give a little bit of credit to the other team. Yeah. They looked extremely good. It was funny because I had to leave early because we I had to get into work. Mm-hmm. But I, I was stand, sitting over at Suds watching the game, and someone was sitting beside me, you know, why don't they run something farther downfield? I go, they don't have time. And he goes, there's plenty of time left in the game. I said, that's not the point. It has nothing to do with the time on the clock. It's the time in the pocket. Had no t- he had, no, had time. no time. Yeah. yeah. And as much as the Beavs manhandled the Arizona defensive front 
a week ago, they mm-hmm. got manhandled this week. Absolutely. Like I said, part, part of it, you got to give you got to give Washington some credit. You know, they yes, their season is not what everyone expected it to be this year. Mm-hmm. Yes, they had lost two games in a row. That said, those two games in a row they lost were to Oregon and Utah. Probably the teams that will be playing in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, the, next the month. two best teams in the pack. Both those games they lost, they had double-digit leads in. In the second half. Wow. They're not. They're, they're a very good football team. That team is also coached by Chris Peterson. I don't think he was about to let that team go out and lay a third egg in a row. Mm-hmm. I just, I, like I said, yes, the Beavs didn't look great. That said, I thought the Beavs defense played phenomenally well. Uh, you know, the fact that they, they, they scored, they scored on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that pick six was beautiful. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. Now, do you know who that Jaden Grant is? No, that's Brian Grant's son. Oh, really? Yeah. The ex blazer. Yeah. I was going to say football instead of basketball. That, huh? That's why, uh, Damian Lillard has come out and watched the Beavs play. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because, uh, he knows <laughs> Jaden through Brian Grant. Did Brian Grant and uh, Damian Lillard play together? No, or but Brian Grant is still – he's still involved with the Blaze. Now, you know, Brian Grant has Parkinson's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's done a lot of charitable work. Yeah, and he's it. still very much involved in the Blazers organization. So, You know, of that uh, second generation of Blazers that came through, I always figured that – I always kind of think of the first generation as being like Terry Porter and Drexler. And Technically, that's the second. Brian I Grant's know, probably like in the third, but yeah. Yeah. For you. But, uh yeah, but for me, I just always remember those guys, and then Brian Grant was kind of that next uh, next group of, of young guys that came in. And of that next group, Brian Grant was always my favorite. He was yeah. so aggressive in the middle. He was always going after the rebounds. Yeah. Um, it was just fun to watch out there. Up until he got uh, – didn't he injure a foot or a knee yeah. or something? And he was out, and then when he came back, he was never the same after that. Yeah. I felt he, he got a little bit uh, – uh, I don't, I don't know if gentler is the right word, but he just he wasn't near as aggressive as he was prior to that. Yeah. But anyways, back to the Beaver game, Beach. Um, I right. thought the defense played phenomenally well. Um, mm-hmm. They kept the Beavs in this game. Um, yeah, I mean, every just, time I, they, came up, they, they, they got us, they got to stop here. Yeah. Now, let's, yeah. let's turn it around, you know, and, and a couple of times I thought Oregon State was going to get kind of some momentum going and then it just they'd have one good play and then fall flat. Yeah. And, you know, to hold Washington to to two touchdowns mm-hmm. that that's incredible that's incredible and all right beach uh but let's talk about the tailgater well we haven't finished the rest of the, the oh do you want to talk about, about the about tailgater t- afterwards i kind of think so normally yeah, we do the beef game last but since it's yeah, on no, friday it's... i feel weird about doing it last yeah so let's talk about the tailgater now okay all right so it was a great tailgater it was a great tailgater. We said we ran out of food. Yeah, I can't believe how many people we ran out of onions. We ran out of peppers. I was I ran out of provolone. We mm-hmm. went through went through almost uh, eight pounds of provolone. Um, and almost was ran there out much. Of, what was there much meat left? Uh, a very little bit. Considering I cooked all four cases, that was forty pounds of meat. Wow. So yeah, we went through everything. I couldn't believe it. Part of it too is it was bigger bread this time, so bigger sandwiches. Yeah, because I was going to say we only went through, what, about 80 sandwiches or so? Well, but a lot of those were cut in half. I was going to say that, so, too, because I only took a half. Yeah, because if you look at that, for every one of those, that's actually two sandwiches. So we had mm-hmm. we had eight dozen buns, but really that's like 16 dozen of our old old ones. Yeah. So yeah, we went through a lot of sandwiches. Well, and then we brought, you brought those special bread in from Philadelphia, too. Yes, we did. We got those 
the Amorosa's bakery uh, Italian rolls that actually come from Philly that they use back in Philly. I thought those were delicious. Yeah, um, a lot. Uh, de- definitely a better consistency than the standard that we always that we've yeah. gone to. They held before. up better. Yes, yes. Held up better. So yeah, it was great. Oh, great, and I went time. through all my deep fried stuff. There was nothing deep fried left at the end for me either. Shoot, so. there was there was two cans of beer left and. We were wiped out. I already went shopping I think, yesterday. I think the two cans of beer were for, from somebody else that I just threw in at the end. Yeah, because there were so, two cans of uh, Bud Light. Yeah. And I don't usually buy Bud Light. So. But anyways, great one. we got one more tailgate coming up. All right, Beach, so yeah. none of us got the win on that Beaver game. Mm, right. Disappointing. Um, all so right. now we need to win two in a row to become, go bowling, right? Yes. Well, we need to win two of our last three. Okay. Which, you know, moving into that game, we had four games left, need to win two. You had Washington, Arizona State, Washington State, and Oregon. Of those four games, I think the Beavs' best shot to win one of those is Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Of the three that are left, I thought their best shot was Washington State. Mm-hmm. And then I would think Washington and then finally Oregon. Because yeah, Oregon's the best team in the North. so They really need to try and win this week. That's They want to go bowling, keep that hope alive. Mm-hmm. All right, Beach. Um, all the rest of our games are on Saturday, November 9th. First up was Stanford at Colorado. Um, we all took Stanford on this, thinking the uh, Buffalo were not going to be able to do it. Did the Buffalo do it? Colorado kicker Evan Price made a 37-yard field goal with no time remaining as Colorado beat Stanford 16-13 to on Saturday to snap a five-game skid. Now, Price was promoted this week with James Stefanow dealing with a hip injury. Price was instantly mobbed by teammates, briefly falling to the ground and losing his helmet. It was Colorado's first game-winning field goal as time expired since September 29, 2007 against Oklahoma. Colorado quarterback Steven Montez methodically drove the Buffaloes down the field to set up the winning score. The drive was aided by a pass interference call on Stanford's Caillou Blue Kelly, who reached out to slow down Tony Brown on a deep pass. Colorado also went for it on a fourth and short at the Stanford 34, with LaVisca Chenault Jr. taking a handoff and churning for the yardage, banged up knee and all. Stanford quarterback K.J. Costello gave the Cardinals first lead of the game early in the fourth quarter, when on third and 15 he found Simi Fihoko over the middle. Fihoko took it from there, splitting several defenders and bursting the end zone for a 79-yard score. Now, the Buffs' defense turned in their best performance of the season. It's the first time this season they've held a team under 30 points. Hmm. So, that is absolutely shocking. The The Pac-12 is, is beat up and balanced this year. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams are beat up, and a lot of teams are uh, – um, it, it balances everything out. Yeah. So None of us got a win there. We are all 0-2. All right, Beach, up next – USC at Arizona State. I uh, I differed with you and uh, Kyle on on this game. I was picking ASU. You guys uh, picked the men of Troy. What was the outcome? Keaton Slovis threw for 432 yards and four TDs. Christian Rechner, excuse me, Christian Rector made his game clinching interception with 25 seconds left, and USC held on to beat Arizona State 31 to 26 on Saturday. The Trojans jumped on the Sun Devils with 28 points in the first quarter behind Slovis's 297 yards and four passing TDs. 
That was in the first quarter, Beach. As injuries piled up and Arizona State found a better rhythm on both sides of the ball, USC's lead dwindled from 21 in the first quarter to 5 by the fourth. Now, facing what would have been a disastrous collapse, the Trojans found a way to eke out a win and remain in the thick of the Pac-12 South race, still a game behind number 8 Utah. USC's Amon St. USC's Amon Ross St. Brown caught eight passes for 173 yards, and Michael Pittman Jr. had 13 catches for 146. Now, making his first career start with Jaden Daniels injured, Yellen threw two touchdown passes in the first half and hit Brandon Ayuk on a two-yard TD pass to open the third quarter. Now, Yellen then found Frank Darby on a 15-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter after an interception was negated by a USC roughing the passer call. Darby dropped the two-point conversion, putting the Trojans up 31-26. to Now, Arizona State negated Kalen Kears-Thomas' interception return for a touchdown with a defensive holding, but got the ball back at its 10-yard line with 3.29 left. The Sun Devils moved quickly down the field, but USC's Christian Rector came up with the interception at USC's 37. Now, for Arizona State, Yellen threw for 292 yards and four touchdowns, but also had two interceptions. Well, that sucks. For you, yes. I, I like the beefs makes me like the beefs chances a little bit more. You Arizona State is super young. They're beat up now and they are very, very young. Mm-hmm. So um I think that is good for the beeves this week. Okay. Alright, so Kyle and I got the win there. Last game of the week, Beach. Washington State at Cal. And uh, you picked Cal on this one, and Kyle and I uh, picked Wazoo. Devin Monster passed for a career-high three touchdowns and rushed for a fourth in his first game back from injury, and Cal's defense made a pivotal stop late in the fourth quarter as the Golden Bears beat the Cougars 33-20 to on Saturday night to end a four-game losing streak. Chris Bound Jr. rushed for 95 yards and scored twice to help Cal win for the first time since September 21st. Now, the Bears outgained the Cougs 196-16 to on the ground. Wow. Washington State quarterback Anthony Gordon was 45-58 of 58 for 407 yards passing and threw two TD passes and one interception. Now, Gordon, who entered the day leading the nation in passing yards and touchdowns, completed 19 consecutive throws during one stretch to help make up for a rocky start when his first throw of the night was picked off. So, Beach. So that one guy you were talking about did the worst this week. You you were pretty much pointing at me, huh? I didn't say that. Dick. Um, I got two wins on the week. Kyle got a win. Feed you played. Right? Um, Yeah, I I get a participation trophy. Um, So at the end of the week, I am at 45 out of 54. Kyle at 38 out of 54. And you are at 42 out of 54, right? Yeah, still no, not shit. That's not right. Yeah. I have 46 because I got two. Okay. 46. You're at 42. There we go. Because you had 42 to start and then mm-hmm. 42 to end, right? Because 42 plus zero, 42? It's still 42. Am yeah. I, am yeah. I read yeah. that right? Okay. So. Uh, okay. All right. So, so we'll what's it like being what, what's it like being a prick with ears, Billy? <laughs> what what did I do? I remember you I, giving me crap last week about picking Cal. You know, leave it alone. All I right, don't know what I'm doing. You know, I'm drunk half the time. I know, you? I know. So now it's time to look at the Pac-12 in the polls, Beach. In the AP Top 25 poll, 
Oregon moved up a spot without playing to number six. Utah, <laughs> Utah didn't move, stayed at number eight. And Utah also didn't play. Correct. And Washington and USC are in the others receiving votes category. Now, in the coaches uh, USA Today poll, Oregon moved up a spot to number six. Utah remained at number nine. And nobody else is in that poll. Now, in the college football playoff rankings, Beach, now this was as of week 11, so this doesn't take any of the games into account this week. Mm-hmm. Oregon came in at seventh and Utah at eighth. Okay. So they would be on the outside looking in right now. That said, this week, a couple of those teams above them had to fall because Alabama played LSU. So more more of those teams are going to start falling. Can, can we briefly go through the uh, Pac-12 North and the Pac-12 South? Um, sure. Pac-12. Okay, what do you want to know? Uh, so what? How's, what's the North standings? So the North, the North, and I'm just going to read the conference records because for – the North and South, the conference records are all that would matter first. Well, no, absolutely. That's all I'm concerned So in the North, Oregon is leading at 6-0. and mm-hmm. Oregon State is number two at 3-3. Three and three. Mm-hmm. Stanford and Washington are tied for third at 3-4. and four. Mm-hmm. Cal is in at 2-4. and four, And the Cougs are 1-5. and five. Okay. And how about the South? Um, Utah at 5-1. and one. Mm-hmm. USC at 5-2. and two. Mm-hmm. UCLA at four and two. Arizona State and Arizona are tied at two and four, and Colorado is last at two and five. Wow, you know UCLA actually, considering they got such a really bad start, they're they're not doing too bad, are they? No, they're right where the Beavs are. They're four and five. Okay. So they're right there. And and who do they have left to play? Do you know UCLA? Yeah. I heard they can still be a spoiler. Do they UCLA play? plays they Utah this week. Uh-huh. And USC? At USC the next week. Okay. And then, and then home against Cal. So they got a tough schedule, but they could Very definitely tough. be a spoiler in the group. Yep. Yep, hmm. yep, yep. Interesting. So interesting okay. football playing down, down here at the end. All right, Beach. Yeah. It is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? <laughs> Sure do. <laughs> Jackass of the Week Award. Every week, I like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And, Beej, this week, it actually goes to leadership. We're just going to hand it out to the whole damn NCAA. Wow. Okay. So, Beej, For- this just happened this week. Ohio State. Expect star defensive end. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Was that the Ohio State? The Ohio State. They expect okay. star defensive end Chase Young to be handed a four-game suspension for accepting a loan from a family friend. Sources told ESPN's Kirk Herbstreet on Saturday. Now the Buckeyes are hopeful that an appeal of Young's case with the NCAA will yield a reduction in the number of games. Ohio State hopes to hear back by next week the decision on Young's appeal. Now, the length of the suspension is tied to the monetary value of the loan Young said he took out in 2018. A loan, he says, he has since repaid. Now, after the Buckeyes' 73-14 win Saturday over Maryland, which Young sat out, Ohio State Sports Information Director Jerry Emig 
said the school does not have an ex expectation for a possible number of games that Young could miss because the process is still ongoing. Emig said the school would not comment further on Young's status. Head coach Ryan Day would not comment on the situation directly other than to say that he and the team have Young's back and the star defender has his full support. Now, sources confirmed to ESPN that money from Young's loan was used to help fly his girlfriend to attend the Rose Bowl. The Athletic first reported the reason for Young's loan. The top-ranked Buckeyes' final three regular season games are at, against Rutgers, Penn State, and Michigan. And, Beach, this is in football, but there was also um, an issue in basketball this week involving the NCAA. Uh-huh. And I am not as familiar with that one, but from what I understand, that one has to do with um, the top one of the top players in the nation. Um, uh, let me see if I can follow here. His name is Wiseman for Memphis. And and going back to the 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 loan, it was a loan from a family friend. You said not a family member. No, a family friend. Okay. But, but this so one. Hey, I'll give you some money. You can pay me back. That way, your girl, can, girlfriend, can watch playing the. the yeah. Baseball. Now, now this one has to do with with uh, Memphis, and his name is James Wiseman. Okay. Okay. Now, it's coached by former N uh, NBA star Penny Hardaway. Now he has landed a multiple five star players for Memphis this year, and there's a lot of chatter about him being. Pretty damn good. But it was uh, ruled that uh, Wiseman was going to be um, ineligible because Penny Hardaway provided Wiseman's family $11,500 in moving expenses for him to move uh, to Memphis years before Hardaway was even a damn coach at Memphis. He was coaching high school. But the NCAA has said Hardaway was a booster then. And it's going to say that he's ineligible. Okay, repeat that one more time because what I'm hearing is somebody gave a dude money when he was sold and now it's affecting his career. Penny Hardaway um, provided this kid's family with $11,000 for moving expenses. And why would he have paid the moving expenses? I, I don't I, I don't know. Well, he probably he might have known the family. Okay. Yeah. Seems reasonable. Now, there was a, a temporary injunction issued by a judge, so Wiseman did play. But, I mean, this just goes back. This this is what's wrong with the goddamn NCAA, right? I mean, some of this stuff is stupid. Now, part of it is it's the school's part to begin with mm -hmm. because you've got schools out there, a lot of them in the SEC, a lot of them in the old now defunct Big Eight, who – would abuse every kind of rule they can. And so some of these strict rules had to be put in place, but now, yeah. now it's so damn restrictive. It's stupid. Like cat tutor for the Oregon state women's basketball team, not getting another year of eligibility. She barely played last year. She's going to miss part of this year. How can you not give her another year of eligibility? What, what the hell are you, what, what is that hurting? Who are you giving, you know, are you, it just it makes no sense. Their rulings yeah. make no sense. You know, them going after this kid who got a personal loan from a family friend. Well, if I've known somebody longer than I've been an athlete, what the hell difference does it make? Mm -hmm. You know, that said, I also understand that 
you kind of have to do it or, you know, and everybody's a family friend, right? Exactly. Well, I talked to exactly. him once when I was 12, so obviously they're a family friend. Yeah. You know, my dad heard of that guy, so he's a family friend. He can give us money. Yeah. Well, then. It just gets stupid. Now you're going to allow the kid to, to monetize his name and his likeness and everything. So well, what that. And, and that's exactly like I said last week. They're going to have to figure out the rules on that. But I, I'm just. This whole thing with this kid who, who paid the money back, it's like, dude. He flew his girlfriend to go watch him play in the Rose Bowl for money from uh-huh. a family friend. He's not out yep. driving a new car. You know, yep. that's just stupid. The, the money was used so his girlfriend could see him play a Rose Bowl. I, who wouldn't want that option? And who would, yeah. you know? Then, then, then maybe, maybe if bowl games pop up, maybe schools should be allowed to fly families out there. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll just charter a plane and take the whole freaking family. You could bring your girlfriend and your mom and dad. Yeah. But anyways, it's just it's just getting stupid. And the NCA mm-hmm. just looks like a bunch of assholes this whole week. So the NCAA, you get this week's. <laughs> Jackass of the week award. It's just it just it's stupid and it's going on on multiple fronts right now. This this reminds me of all the stuff they do, you know, when when somebody does something stupid. So then they look through his last thirty years of tweets and yeah. emails and and say, look, this proves he's a jerk yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. because exactly. when he was thirteen years old, he told a girl that he didn't like her, so that's why he's misogynist. He's, he said <laughs> girls have cooties. Exactly. It's horrible. All right, Terrible. Bitch, we got to get moving along because you're gonna have to get to work here soon. So. Yeah. It is now time for our musical interlude of the week. What song do you have picked? Yep. Okay. Well, uh, this band, what is the love list? This band was a target of Tipper Gore's Parents Music Resource Center, or as they like to refer to themselves as the PMRC, or as we like to call them, uh, Something you'll probably bleep all that out, Billy. Thank you. All righty. Oh, wait a yes. minute. Yes. <laughs> Is this a song I'm going to have to bleep out? No, 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 no. Oh, no, okay. I didn't pick it. Yeah. Okay. I thought maybe you were picking up Starting Up a Posse. No, no. That would have been good. I don't think that was done in 1985. No. Yeah. But uh, anyway, this band's terrible, vile um, event, uh, the why they got attacked by the Parents Music Resource Center was because on the front and center of their animal F Like a Beast album cover was a guy wearing a cod piece. But that might have not been uh, everything that got the attention of the PMRC. Uh, it could have also been the concerts where they threw raw meat at the audience. Okay, I knew you were talking about or, or maybe it was the flaming cod piece worn by lead singer Blackie Lawless in concert. Uh, any way you look at it, the band epitomized the sin and debauchery that was the 1980s. Uh, nobody is quite sure what the name Wasp means, uh, as it is done W.A.S.P. Some people think that it uh, stands for white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, which is often the the common usage of WASP. Others say it stood for we are sexual perverts. Uh, In an interview, 
uh, it is said that they thought the periods looked cool and no other band had them. So uh, take your pick. It's probably uh, it the last. I'm thinking it's the last because it reminds me of Motley Crue that they they named themselves after how they wrote Lone Brow on a uh, on a beer can. Uh huh. You know. Uh, so, but with the umlauts, yeah. yeah, yeah, and so anyway, uh, I think it was just something to make themselves look unique. Anyway, so the band Wasp, uh, this song, Blind in Texas, uh, is defined by the music video of Blackie Lawless and his marauders taking on some drunken cowboys in an old time saloon with the powers of their rock. So, without further ado, here is Blind in Texas by Wasp.
good pick, Beach. You know, so I was thinking about what to pick this week, and you know, we we've been hitting on a lot of the pop, you know, for the most part, mm-hmm. or the, the 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 main Billboard charts, and uh, we also did I did the um, the um, the Highwaymen. Mm-hmm. But we never have really touched on the hair bands. And really, to me, 1985 was right when the hair bands started getting traction, where punk kind of converted to hair bands. A little bit. And, uh, and when I was thinking about it, I was trying to figure out a good song. And then all of a sudden, I saw this on a list. And I'm like, shoot, you know, Wasp doesn't get enough attention uh, during the, for what they did. You know, they were, they were a pretty decent band. You know, not one of the mainstreamers, but they got they got a few hits out of it. And, you know, they're still touring to this day. Blackie Lawless is still performing with Wasp. Nice. Yeah. So they're still holding they still hold the banner up of the 80s. Still living the dream, man. So anyway, so that's what I got. There you go. I guess that album got so, to number 49 on the Billboard top album chart. Oh, did it? Yeah, okay. there you go. So good, good deal. Well, you wanted me to be in the top 50, so I did make it. The... um and and I love the fact that because the Tipper Gore's Parents Music Resource Center, I think must have started up right about that time. Um, I don't know. And again, we've talked about this, I think, on the podcast before. But in case you're new or you don't remember, uh, it was Tipper Gore, Al Gore's wife, um, and uh, a group of. Uh, it was formed in '85. Uh, and um, they were a group of senators' wives, essentially that decided that uh, rock music was becoming too vulgar and nasty and that they needed to censor it. So thanks to Tipper Gore, that is why we have explicit language stickers on all of the uh, albums that are released mostly by the hard rock and rap genres. Okay, so here was their fifty filthy 15 song okay. titles or songs that they had when they yeah. did the, the – when they started. And they did the yeah. – they talked in front of the uh, – the, the, did that hearing so number one or it will start at number 15 yeah. Cindy, was it wasn't they had they, they had a hearing in front of their husbands correct so yes yep um so for number 15 cindy lopper with shebop okay because it was about female Mast- masturbation yep number 14 mm-hmm. venom possessed because that's do with the occult never even heard of that song okay number 13 mary jane girls with in my house in my house because it's about sex Black okay. Sabbath, Trashed, because that's do with drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 11, Merciful Fate, Into the Coven, because that's do with the occult. Okay. Number 10, Def Leppard, High and Dry, because that's do with drugs and alcohol. Okay. Wasp, the an- the song Animal, Fuck Like a Beast, because that's mm-hmm. do with sex, language, and violence. Mm-hmm. Number 8, Madonna, Dress You Up, Sex. Number seven, Twisted Sister, we're not going to take it because that's to do with violence. Really? We're not going to take it? I mean, what in that song? I just don't know what in that song. I guess it's kind of angry, but whatever. Number six, what? ACDC, Let Me Put My Love Into You. Oh, that's just a classic entendre right there. That's what ACDC's whole whole music, <laughs> music list is made up of is the double entendre. Number five, Motley Crue, Bastard. For violence and language. Number four, Vanity, Strap On Robbie Baby. Never even heard, yeah. heard that song. Number three, Judas Priest, Eat Me Alive. Number two, Sheena Easton, Sugar Walls. Wow. Well, because it's Inside My Sugar Walls. And number one, the really the song that started it all, 
Darling Nikki by Prince. Oh, Darling Nikki. You know, that's the song that started the whole PMRC. Really? Because Prince's uh, Purple Rain album, that song Darling Nikki's on there. And Uh um, I knew a girl named Nikki. I guess you could say she was a sex fiend. Met her Uh in a hotel lobby, masturbating with a magazine. Magazine, yeah. And it's a great song. I love that daughters were listening to that album. She heard that was disgusted by it and, and went off after that. It was that album and that song that started. So wow. No, no wonder that it's number one. All righty, Beach. So next week it'll be my pick for a 1985 song. I'll, let's see what I do. All right, but we need to get moving along here. It is now time to look at week 12 in the Pac-12. I got Kyle's email okay. up. And we are I got, ready I got to about go. 10 minutes. I, yep. We got to knock this out in 10 minutes. So, what do we got? First up, all the games are on Saturday, November 16th. Looks like we have five games. First up, UCLA at Utah. Utah. Are you just taking Utah? I, too, am taking Utah. Kyle says, I feel like there's a lot of teams running out of steam in the Pac-12. UCLA at Utah. Utah comes in and puts the hurt on UCLA. So he, too, takes Utah. All right. Next up, USC at Cal. USC at Cal. Uh, Cal. You're just taking Cal? I, too, am taking Cal. Kyle says, Pac-12 after dark. With a defensive score or two, Cal pulls off the win to be bowl eligible. He's taking Cal also. All right. Wow, shocking. Next up, Stanford at Washington State. Um, I'm taking Wazoo. Okay. I, too, am taking Wazoo. Kyle says, teams on the cusp to get bowl eligible. Cougs pull off the win at home. All right. Next up, Arizona at Oregon. Arizona at Oregon. I'm taking Oregon. I'm taking Oregon. I want you to say I'm trying to steal your picks. Okay. Sure, everyone. Yeah, come to the obvious ones. Kyle says, sure, everyone has a chance to win. But for Arizona, it is a very, very small chance, Oregon. And last up, Beej, Arizona State at Oregon State. You know, the Arizona schools should just carpool up in the same bus. They totally should. You know, if they really cared about the environment like that little Gretchen Wetzerbitch says, uh, Greta Wetzerbitch, yeah, yeah then, then they totally should be carpooling up there, probably in like a uh, 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 hybrid bus. That there would be you. the best. There you go. So you're taking- don't care. Uh, you know, when I die, I want people to look at the sky and say, Beach put that hole in the sky. Who you so, anyway, um, let's do. Uh, I'm I'm taking the Beavs. We're gonna win this one. We're gonna go bowling this year. I too am taking the Beavs. Kyle says, of course the Beavers are going to win. I think the Beavs have a good chance of this one. Like I said, of, yep. the, of their final four games, this is the one I figured they had the best chance of winning. So Beavs. So, so here happened. Nobody's gonna have any change this week. Um, yep. no matter if we win or lose, the gap will stay the same. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. All right, Beach. Um, so up next, uh, next week, Beach, if you want, I will pick my picks first. Okay. And then you can pick off of me if you want to change. Okay. Is that weak? So from now on, who's ever in the lead will have to make the first picks. Okay. Sounds Does that fair. that work? And yeah. starting next year, we're no longer going to pick the Beaver games. Okay. Didn't we work? talk about that last year? Yeah. We're going to do that next year. Okay. So, And we'll also pick one other game of the week. Okay. Instead of the beef games. Because we always take the beef games. So 
Yeah. We'll, we'll pick another game. All right. So, Beads, it is time to look at our Arizona State tailgater. It was announced the Beave Arizona State game will kick off at 430. Okay, 4.30. We get out there. At, we're going to start at 7. Yep. 3.30, tailgater. Yep. So go to 3.30. We will be doing Sonoran-style hot dogs, which is mm-hmm. the bacon-wrapped hot dogs. They're kind of like a nacho-style hot dog. It's bacon-wrapped, and then they put all sorts of stuff on it. They come from yep. the Sonoran part of Mexico, and obviously they've migrated their way up, especially into Arizona. Totally legally, too. Not illegally, like 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 under the border wall, but like totally through the, through the, through the normal checkpoint. wings. Yeah. And yeah. so they put on beans, uh, cheese, um, usually different kinds of crema. I've got, um, crema. Uh, like, um, it's a, like sour crema. cream. That's like a flavored sour cream. Okay. So I've got like a cilantro lime crema I'm going to make and maybe a chipotle crema. Ooh, okay. Plus just straight sour cream. If you'd like, you're going to put that in, you're going to put that in square bottles. Correct. Uh, plus, nice. we also have. Um, um, We're gonna have some pulled pork, right? Pulled porks for nachos too, if you want to make nachos. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love pulled pork on nachos? And it'll be pretty much just clean out what we have left. Okay. Because it's the last one of the season. We're gonna make it good. All right. You got anything to add? You know, I got nothing, Billy. I got nothing. I'm spent. Right on. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number one thirty. I do have one. Uh, since we're recording this on Sunday, I want to uh, shout out to my friend Catherine and one of our listeners in Idaho. Uh, okay. It's her birthday today. so And I asked her what she wanted me to send her. And what she asked for was a beaver sticker for her back of her car. Oh, nice. Did you get one? So, uh, yeah, I got one. Picked one up at the store on Friday. And I just got to throw it in a card and uh, throw it in the mail tomorrow. Nice. I want to thank everyone who listened to show number 134 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask some questions, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember, subscribe to us on your favorite part, catch your leave a rating and review. Beach. Billy. Are you ready for this week? I am, but right now i got to get ready for work. And i got to go to the bathroom. So until next week, here's a great big Go Bees. Oh, is there and? Yeah, I kind of figured that might happen. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, so uh, be, volleyball is in a, f- a few matches left in the season, so we'll see how it ends up. All right, Beach, on to women's soccer. <laughs> <I hope that makes> <laughs>
<laughs> I'll edit it to make it make sense. Okay. Uh, senior Paula she Lublick. Got a, she, 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 she got a hangnail. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> uh, I know what's going at the they, end. They won the thing, but she got a hangnail. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> That's what it might be up to do if they if they actually win the game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That that sucks. <laughs> that did suck. Yeah, it sucks. That that absolutely sucked. But that was awesome. great. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. And so now we'll know what happens uh, next week with the beefs. <laughs>